You're on ESET Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Sympoesis, a fortnightly show on which we speak about art and environmentalism. And today's theme is water, and I will soon be on call to artist and climate change advocate Latai Tomepau, whose performance, video, and audio works look at the impact of climate change on the Pacific. The latest of these works is Audio Pilgrimage Mass Movement that looks at the reality of forced relocation of Pacific people from their submerging island nations. But how are you there? Yes, hi. Hi, good morning. How is Melbourne this morning? It's pretty grey and um, cooler than the weekend, actually. Yeah, the weekend was quite sunny and a lot of blue sky and it's very grey and cloudy today. So the winter That's... is truly coming. The summer is, I guess, over for yeah. now. You're in Melbourne as part of program uh, Refuge and you made a piece uh, called Mass Movement, which is a piece uh, that addresses the impact of climate change on the Pacific Islands communities. And you have been making pieces that relate to water and climate change from about 2012, I believe, when you did a durational performance, Island Exile. Am I right that that was your first piece that addressed climate change? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 2012 was my first kind of performative work responding to climate change. And yeah, I I am in Melbourne um, in, um, working on Refuge. The Project Refuge um, is presented by Arts House and it's an artist-led program responding to, to climate change. But I think more importantly, it is in partnership with emergency management services in Victoria in preparedness. So we've been working with many, you know, varying services and organisations in preparing communities for the increasing weather patterns and changes. And so this is the, the final year. We were interrupted by the pandemic, which is mm. interesting because we did actually cover our pandemic in 2018, um, mm -hmm. only to be faced by a pandemic in 2020. So there was, um, yeah, the, we were prepared in some ways, but not nearly enough. Mm. Was predicament of the pandemic, as you saw it in 2018, in any way similar to what actually it is like? Or what are some of the surprises of it for you, something that you couldn't have anticipated? I, I think that um, just society in general, just communities in general, just not being across, you know, something like what we experienced last year. Um, and also communication, I think, was maybe one of the major weaknesses in how we experienced the pandemic. And I mean, when I say communication, I mean, you know, access for many communities, vulnerable communities and marginalised people. Mm. So I think that was a very difficult thing, but they are things that the experts in pandemic already kind of knew, but we didn't have some of the structures in place to deal with some of those things. But, you know, on the flip side of that, Australia has done extremely well in comparison to other places. And so this is why we can see my return from Sydney to Melbourne to 
to present this work that I've been making over two years. Mm. Tell us a bit about this work, Mass Movement. It is an audio work and you refer to it as audio pilgrimage. That's right. So Mass Movement, actually, it, it is an audio work, but it is only an audio work because of the pandemic. Mm. So it, it actually is, it started as a pilgrimage, but uh, one that was a durational walk. So it was a walking work, but because there was the potential for, you know, anything to to disrupt that program, I decided with my producers that we would make the work into an audio work first, uh, so then the work could be realised, and if travel was permitted, then I would come to Melbourne as I am now and present two live works of the same name. So the audio work was made in collaboration with two artists, Lucrezia Quintanilla and Nina Buchanan, who are both artists. Um, Nina Buchanan is specifically a sound artist. But we worked from my memory of when I did a durational walk from Altona Beach, which is where a large population of Pacific people reside in the west of Melbourne. And it's also where the Pacific Ocean enters the bay, Port Phillip Bay, also known as the Birrarun or the Yarra River. And mm -hmm. so I devised a walk along the coast uh, at the edge of the water and, and land and followed the coordinates of salt water through to freshwater and then eventually civic water, which is a freshwater creek that is now buried under a main street, Elizabeth Street, which actually leads to where Arts House in North Melbourne is, which has been the relief centre or the headquarters for refuge, where all the artists have been devising these works. So the audio work, is, uh, which is online and can be accessed by anybody, is interpretations or digital stories that, you know, relate to different things that one might experience on that water journey mm. if they were to walk it. So in that audio work, um, there are many things that uh, may be literal expressions. Like, for example, there's one of the pieces has live field recordings of birds and, you know, that's from the site, which Nina did, and then we created a soundscape underneath that. And so, yeah, there are also more abstract sounds like Vaka 5, which is the refinery, reflects huge um, refinery that you see when you walk that coastal walk, you know, with large tanks and, you know, it's a very kind of dystopian perspective when you're crossing through a salt marsh, you know, so these types of experiences I wanted to reflect in the audio work as if one was to walk it themselves. So. Mm. Yeah, I was just wondering if this is your hope that people would enact the same walk as they listen to the audio or is there another way that you're imagining they might be accessing this work and, and what would be your hope, what kind of conditions would they create for themselves in order to listen better, basically? Yeah, I think my hope is that one, uh, it, it's not reliant on anybody doing the walk, the actual coastal walk. The idea of it is 
to become attuned and to embody that place through the audio, um, which is an interpretation of something that I embodied. Mm. And that, you know, that's kind of following a culture of oral tradition and movement from, you know, from my culture, but also from the region. This is one of the ways that we experience and pass down and transmit knowledge from the past is through story, mm. through, you know, dance, through movement. And, you know, some of these things um, are the things that we will become, you know, they're the, they're the most vulnerable things within vulnerable communities who have to eventually relocate or become displaced as a result of climate change. These intangible things are the things that go first from any culture. But the thing is about this intangible cultural heritage that many Indigenous people hold is that it's it's vulnerable once you have to relocate or once you have a disappearing ancestral home. You know, for example, in the Pacific, because of sea level rise, some islands will become submerged eventually. But the people from those places have the stories that connect them to that place. So this work is trying to bring together ideas of spiritual connection to place mm. and that that spiritual connection is also a role of stewardship and custodialship to place. So this work is really trying to present a complexity around connection to place and that how people for thousands and thousands of years, the oldest people that exist, how they've been doing it, and maybe my people who are also considered one of the youngest civilizations and how, how we negotiate those things. These are some of the things that we, you know, we, um, will lose very quickly mm. but you know there's uh, yeah there's many ideas around indigenous science that really you know that show that these these ideas of mythology and cosmology and creation stories actually are proven with western science mm. you know and so this work is really trying to create a pilgrimage people that don't necessarily have that connection to place or have their own connection to place, but to, you know, create a sense of urgency and understanding around how other people are dealing with ideas of displacement. Mm. So it, it, in a way, it, it's trying to create a sense of preparedness for, you know, in a holistic way by looking at the spiritual connection people have to place. Mm. I was also curious if the concept of pilgrimage speaks to your interest in making works that are transformative, both for yourself and for those who access them. Yeah, I think previous works of mine have been all quite visceral. And the reason why I make these works is because it is a spiritual process for me to eventually come to terms with the submergence of my own home. But there are others who are already more vulnerable, who are already relocating. And so this is a really complex thing that many people who are already displaced already understand. You know, they know what it means to be forced to, to leave. They know what it's like to be persecuted for religious reasons. These are some of the things that don't necessarily get addressed in climate change work. But 
there's a connection, you know, the natural world is where lots of spiritual forms come from. And so this work is really, for me, is about trying to emphasise this part in the hope that we will make some very big decisions quicker than that is happening mm. to make the changes that we need so people don't have to be not just people but all sorts of life forms don't experience this displacement and the violence of that. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and in order for those changes to happen... How important do you find is it to speak and to awaken the body rather than just to speak to the mind? And I know that as a performance artist, you put body in the center and embodied experiences are in the center. What is uh, the importance of putting the body in the center for the environmental conscious works? We are in control of our own bodies. This is the, the way that we channel all sorts of things. So... For me, that transformation that needs to happen in order for us to to really look after the environment and the planet that we have has to be channeled through the body, you know, whether it be, you know, emotional or physical, it's all really about that transformation. And so a cerebral process is also an embodied process, but I feel that when you're speaking to people's you know, to empathy and you're trying to transform some of these political ideas and economic values into empathy, that's an embodied experience. And I feel that sometimes lots of different logics and intellectual processes come into play that block some of that experience for people. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is about keeping the body open and that's the way that we interact with the natural world is, you know, through ourselves and you know our skin and so that to me is one of the powerful ways that we can communicate mm. without some of the limitations of language mm. or distance of place you know we can try these things so yeah i think the body is central to to everything mm. Mm. As a performance artist, most of your works so far, although you made some video works in the past, but most of them were ephemeral. And uh, audio work is uh, obviously a permanent and a durable medium. Are you looking at maybe transitioning more into these uh, mediums and forms, or is ephemerality still something that you hold dear to? Yeah, I think um, I started thinking of myself more of a anti-disciplinary artist and mm. you know not being so confined to or never being confined to the discipline and that you know that the idea of the work and the function of that work is going to determine what the form of it is and that form is political and it's also about access and so yeah I think the conditions of life in the pandemic determined making this audio work and so it is something that I, I have had some experience with community radio and so tapping into some of those skills and ideas of working remotely with other people. You know, so Nina, the sound designer, live, actually lives in, in the Bay and Lopetia is originally from El Salvador, so we share that Pacific Ocean in different ways. So there's a kind of interesting way that we're having this conversation with this body of water that physically separate us but still you know manifesting uh stories that um 
talk about these places and yeah I think the function still determines the function of the work determines what it needs to be but ephemeral work I think is always is always going to be my first love because the liveness of the body is is so important you know the the pilgrimage that we just we just actually did a pilgrimage the live pilgrimage mass movement for Lal the departure which was the walk itself from Altona Beach in Melbourne to Williamstown Beach so between two surf life-saving clubs we did this huge walk and so for me I think with climate change and environmental work it is about always offering as many options for people to attach themselves to the movement and to the cause because it's very difficult. We've got people that are opposed to and slowing down processes. So, you know, I think making things accessible so people can enter into, you know, this very urgent work is kind of necessary. So, yeah, um, I, I think I will continue to make other more permanent works. You know, I have made a, a short animation as well about deep sea mining and yeah I think it's whatever's required to be done um, mm. it's probably more my approach yeah and uh, there will be another live performance live pilgrimage on this coming Sunday in Melbourne if I'm correct yeah that's right so at Flagstaff Gardens which is in Melbourne City it was a high point and you could actually used to be able to see from Flagstaff Gardens across the bay and you would see any new arrivals and they would announce them there and it also was a burial site so you know there are these cultural markers in this work like the word for lull which means to depart but also to arrive these are the names of the two live events the two live works that are performative so the walk that was on saturday was the departure and on Sunday the 16th we will arrive at the gardens and at the gardens I've invited some Pacific drummers who are originally from the Cook Islands and I've choreographed a body percussion work inspired by um, a rhythm diamond from an uh, Greg Sheehan and we've devised a choreography that we're going to try and put together at Flagstaff Gardens using our bodies and rhythm and drumming to create a sound that is to draw attention to the need for us to act now with climate change. Mm. Um, well, you know, we're actually like 25 years behind in mm. so many ways. So, yeah, but it's a nice way to bring more people um, together and with the visibility of Pacific people talking about the region and, yeah, and how we all can perform something in the movement and that all of our voices are really valuable in this movement um mm. and yeah. for those who can't be in melbourne on sunday or this week how can they access this audio pilgrimage that we are talking about mass movement it's currently on artshouse.com.au i believe and it will stay there uh, even after the 16th yeah that's right so it will be it, it's on the arts house website and it's called Mass Movement Audio Pilgrimage. It will be still up there on the website. And then I think after that, I'll be relocating that to my own website. But it's it's accessible on SoundCloud, mm. on the Arts House SoundCloud. And the first Waka, and Waka is a Tongan word for vessel, is that correct? Yeah, so 
Yeah, that's right. So I've named each. There are 10 raka, um, 10 pieces, and I've called them raka because raka means uh, it's a sea vessel or, you know, a ship or a canoe. And part of this work was looking at a proverb that refers to the times of sea voyaging for Pacific people where they would take these long journeys across the Pacific Ocean without electronic instruments and they would use celestial navigation and a whole range of Indigenous technology to explore these places. And so I wanted to create ideas of, you know, that each sea vessel or each waka represented through sound is a body of knowledge and that through this proverb that I was referencing it talks about traversing the ocean and that there's hardship. And mm. when there are limited resources with a fleet of vessels or fleet of boats, one of the things they would do is that they would bind their vessels and they would redistribute their resources. And the proverb also talks about not just the hardship of that, but that the sharing of those resources becomes more and more difficult as they become depleted. Mm. And it does talk about the final resource may be just sharing a breath. For me, I was quite inspired to use that analogy of binding our knowledge systems to create our own personal journeys of departure from ways of thinking about climate change into new ways of action. Mm. So there's a very kind of poetic, layered work which is usually how I work anyway. But yeah, having the audio and the live works kind of speaking to each other is a very interesting way for me for people to access the works in different capacities. Mm. And I would uh, love to, towards the end of the show, play uh, the first waka. Is this the one where the proverb that you're mentioning is being sung? And is it sung by you or? Uh, no. Yeah, so that's... The first waka is called the Metupaki, and the Metupaki is an ancient liturgical dance that used to be performed when the voyages were about to take place, and they were durational endurance performances that would happen, uh, sung by the clans, mm -hmm. and this is no longer practiced. So I wanted to incorporate this idea into the work, but it is related to the proverb. So, you know, my people are ocean people. So starting the pilgrimage off with this was like a launching of you know, guidance from the gods of the sea and the currents and the winds to take us through, you know, the, the next, the big journey. Mm -hmm. And it isn't my voice. It's actually an amazing artist, Sisil Nohelu, who, um, who has who sung that for this work because she's also exploring a very particular singing in minor that I find really important for Tongan artists to also explore what they need to with our collective artworks. So, yeah, we also performed it on the beach when we left, and I think none of us really knew it, and I think that was also a symbol of what we face to lose we need to just use whatever we have to mm -hmm. take us through you know so i think it's about survival you know and i think it's about working with the really incredible tools that we have available to us to go through these journeys and to create collective actions for our future mm -hmm. 
Latai, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, I will play now the first waka, but I wanted to say thank you to you and let you go. I know you have something else just coming up in 10 minutes. So thank you very much for taking time to talking to us about mass movement, which the listeners can actually access at any point through artshouse.com.au slash mass-movement-audio-pilgrimage. Thank you, Latau. Thank you so much for having me, Ara. This is Isad Radio 89.7 FM, and I was just on call to artist and climate justice advocate Latai Tomepau, and we were talking about her work, Mass Movement, which is produced for the Arts House uh, Refuge Program. And I will play us the first vaca of this audio pilgrimage. Kolulue, kolulue, kolulue sua mai mate, pakapo sua mai sua mai, tu, chuhu! Pakapo sua mai sua mai tu chu kolulue 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 sua mai mate pakapo Sua mai, sua mai, tu, 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 tu